Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. This is episode number 33, Requests and Boundaries. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience they're having in the process. You know what to do, and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home, but you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. Today, we're going to start off with a battle buddy moment from Elise. And she says, I would recommend Jesse to anyone. These days, there are many resources to turn to for self-help. Therapists, groups, podcasts, literature, friends, family, church, and our own experiences. How often do these resources affect change in our lives? Jesse's life coaching actually did. Most women I know struggle with life challenges. Most women I know want to change or are seeking greater joy in their life. Cognitively, we hear all these things we should be doing to affect this change. But does it really happen? I've found that so many opinions and resources can be overwhelming, and while I agree with so many of these self-help concepts, most of them stay just that, concepts, instead of applicable everyday tools I can practice. Simply Resilient Life Coaching was not another wasted resource. It really helped me reframe how I can tackle any challenge. I'm grateful for the models Jesse dissects with me on everyday issues and how I leave with a game plan on how to bring my life more joy. Thank you so much for that review, Elise. I really appreciate it. Today, we're talking about requests and boundaries. So I want to start by talking about requests. And I talk about both of these things here and there in the podcast, but I wanted to spend a whole episode on them. So the way I encourage my clients to make requests, like I've mentioned previously on this podcast, is to want it without needing it to be happy. So you ask for something of someone in your life with that idea in mind of this is something that I want. This is behavior that I would prefer or an outcome that I would prefer, but I don't need it to be happy. And this puts this request in the category of frosting. When we talk about our cupcake analogy, we're not asking for them to fill the holes in our cupcake. We're just asking for them to put frosting on the top of our cupcake. If they comply and agree to our request and and fulfill it, then we just have extra frosting on top of our cupcake. And that helps you imagine that wanting it, but we don't need it. Another category that I like to put requests in is if if the thing is a problem, if you're making a request for a problem to be resolved, for the most part, if you can help yourself realize like, this problem is just annoying to me. It's not actually hurting me. Um, It's not really causing me big problems. It's just annoying to me and I would prefer if it didn't happen. And when we use that word annoying, it really decreases the drama of the problem because we realize like we can handle annoying. We don't prefer it, but we can handle it. And another reason that it's important to watch for our requests to be just something that we want without needing it to be happy is that's how we stay in line with what we now know about manuals from my previous episode on manuals where we talk about how manuals are when if we have a manual for somebody it's when we need them to behave a certain way so that we can be happy and so if we are making requests from a place of needing them to do it for us to be happy then that's just adding 
adding to our manual for that person, which is not a healthy way to conduct a relationship. If you haven't listened to the episode on manuals, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to it because this, the content of this episode goes hand in hand with what we talked about in that episode, as well as um, emotional childhood versus emotional adulthood. Okay, so I want to give you guys a few examples of what requests might look like. So we might say to our child or if we're meeting our spouse for lunch, we might make a request that the person not be late. Please don't be late. Uh, It might also look like uh, it's easier to resolve you know, this issue, if you don't yell while we're, while we're arguing, while we're disagreeing. So please don't yell. Or it would mean a lot to me if you would put away your phone during dinner. These are all things that are pretty important and mean a lot to us if the person does it. But we also are, it's not anything that we need them to do. We just really prefer it when they do it. Now, this next part talking about boundaries is really the main thing we're going to talk about in this episode, although requests are very important and requests are actually a part of setting a healthy boundary. So Brooke Castillo breaks boundaries into two parts. She says a boundary includes a request that you make of someone to change a certain behavior. And then the second part is that it is a consequence of what you will do to self-protect if they violate the boundary again. Now those words right there are really important to self-protect. And so when you hear of what you will do if they violate the boundary again, that sounds like a threat or like an ultimatum. But the consequence that we're applying here for the second half of this boundary equation, it's a request and then a consequence. The consequence is what you will do to take care of yourself if they violate the boundary again if the behavior continues that's such it feels like a simple subtle difference but it really changes everything and it is the difference between healthy realistic and enforceable boundary versus an unhealthy manipulative um, controlling boundary or trying to stop the other person's behavior or threaten them and if they they have to stop doing this thing you know that's that's one real cue for you if you're thinking like they have to stop then that shows you that you're wanting to set that boundary from that place of control and manipulation. So a boundary is something that we create for ourselves. We don't even have to let the other person know of the boundary. We just know that if they continue this behavior, this is what we're going to do. And you can tell them or not tell them, but the boundary is completely for you, not for them. The boundary does not make them stop doing the thing. The boundary is just how you're going to take care of yourself if they continue to do whatever the problem is. Healthy boundaries promote self-responsibility and empowerment. And I love this idea because when I used to think about setting boundaries, it felt so overwhelming and exhausting because I thought, how will I how will I stop them from doing the thing? I thought that was the way it was a successful boundary is if it got them to stop or if I stopped them. And I knew I couldn't do that. So I just basically didn't set very many boundaries. But now that I know that a boundary allows for them to do whatever they want, it allows for them to comply with your request or continue to do the behavior that you don't like. Now I know I can set that boundary because the crucial part of it is then what will I do? And I know I can take care of me and I can control my behavior when I know I can't control theirs. Like I mentioned earlier, it's not an ultimatum. And actually when you set an ultimatum or like make that threat is another word for an ultimatum, that is a boundary violation against the other person. So while you think you're setting this boundary to protect yourself, if it's an ultimatum or a threat, it's actually a boundary violation against them because it's you saying you have to stop doing this thing like I'm in charge of your behavior and that's not appropriate especially in like a peer-to-peer relationship but really even in a parent-child relationship and we're gonna we're gonna go into that another reason that we feel 
hesitant to set a boundary in addition to the one I already mentioned of it can feel overwhelming because we don't know how to make the person stop. And and we now know why that's not the case. But another reason that we might be hesitant is we think that it will damage our relationship or that we'll lose our relationships over these boundaries. But what I'd like to point out to you guys is that healthy relationships have boundaries and they have healthy boundaries. That's, that's another part. Healthy relationships have healthy boundaries. And if your relationship is healthy and you both are using healthy boundaries where you take care of yourself in order to maintain the boundary that you've set, that is when true intimacy occurs in a relationship because it's a relationship that allows for healthy boundaries, allows for that communication that often will need to occur. It allows for discomfort. It allows for everything that is involved with setting and maintaining these boundaries. And that is when you have deep, true, lasting relationships that can handle all of that. So if you're seeking for that true intimacy in your marriage or in other relationships that you have, one way to start is by employing these healthy boundaries and doing it the right way and then fulfilling and following up on what you say you will do. Another way you can know you're setting proper boundaries or healthy boundaries is to check in with yourself and see if you're setting this boundary from love for yourself and love for others, kind of whoever's in the equation. One place we often go to set a boundary from is from anger or frustration. And if you find yourself setting or having a desire to set a boundary from those places, I would highly recommend that you clean up your thinking and coach yourself till you get to a place of love for yourself and love for the other person in the equation, then set your boundary from there and you'll have so much more success. Another place we go a little bit wrong on boundaries is when we have a desire to cut people out of our lives who trigger us is how we often I often hear it described sometimes I hear it described as toxic people now you don't have to be around these people but so it is okay to not have people in your life who are what you might call toxic or what you might say trigger you but sometimes these people are people that we don't want to cut out of our lives and if that's the case if they're important to you but you find that they trigger you or you feel that they're they're toxic if you you want to keep them in your life and have a relationship with them, then it's available to you to have them be one of your greatest teachers because they're presenting you with so many wonderful opportunities to manage your mind around their behavior, to know that you don't need to change their behavior, but you need to learn how to practice and implement these concepts of managing your mind and taking care of yourself when their behavior is unacceptable to you. So if you decide that there's a behavior you can't tolerate, but you don't want to cut the person out of your life, then it's just this perfect opportunity to practice these concepts of every single time they do blank, then here's what I'll do. And so then they don't need to stop being in your life and they don't need to change their behavior. Another way I like to say it to myself is it's kind of an if then statement. So if you keep doing blank, and I like to put this part in, there's a good chance that they will continue to do that. So if you keep doing blank and there's a good chance you will, then I will do blank to take care of myself. That right there is just the essence of setting a proper healthy boundary because you have that appropriate expectation of, especially if you don't tell them the boundary. And again, you don't need to. There's a really, really strong chance that they'll continue with the behavior even if you do tell them this boundary that you have set. So if you keep doing this and there's a good chance you will, then I will take this action to take care of myself. And it's as simple as that. So I'm going to give you some examples of 
some boundaries that I've seen just um, in my clients and some different things that I've, I've helped work with them on. So one boundary that I helped a client set was that she was able to make this decision ahead of time. That's another important part of it is we don't try to set boundaries in the heat of the moment. Like I said, if you're coming from anger or frustration, that's not the moment to set the boundary. But later when you've gotten to that place you want to be at, usually which is a place of love and understanding, then you're able to set this boundary and you decide it ahead of time. So she was able to decide that she was okay when her husband yelled, like when they were arguing, but she wasn't okay when he would swear at her. So that was the line she drew. And she decided to let him know. She just said, you know, when we argue, sometimes you raise your voice and I'm totally okay with that, but I'm not okay with you when you swear. And if you decide to swear when we're arguing with each other, then I'm going to have to leave the room. And it was as simple as that. And that was how he would, he would know why she was leaving and he would know that he didn't need to stop swearing and that they could just continue the conversation when he had calmed down enough to get his language back under control. And language might not be a problem for some of you. So you might draw your line at, you know, it's okay for you to yell and it's okay for you to swear, but here's where I draw my line. And this is another, that's another beautiful concept in here is that there's not one perfect place to draw a boundary, but you have to decide what's invasive for you. You have to decide what's an intrusion for you, what's unacceptable behavior for you. And that line is going to be different for different people. And that's totally fine. But to decide ahead of time and to kind of put all these other pieces into place is really going to help you set that effective and proper boundary. So another example, example that I helped one of my clients set was that it was okay for her husband to get as angry as he wanted when he was going through his own thing. But where she drew the line was it wasn't, they weren't willing to be there when he, his anger would get so bad that he would like punch the wall or, um, you know, like break a chair. So her line was, it's okay for you to be angry, but it's not okay for you to damage our house. Or I'm not willing to be around when you damage the house. So she doesn't need to stop him from damaging the house. And that's important, but that she and she didn't want to be there when he got that angry. And so she let him know that it was okay for him to be angry, but that when he started to damage the house, that was too angry for her and that she and the kids would leave the house and like get a hotel if they needed to in order to self-protect if that behavior continued. And so then again, he would understand why she was leaving the house because he had gone too far and it was okay. Like she didn't need to stop him and he knew he didn't have to stop, but that she would just no longer stay in the house if that was occurring. And it would even be okay for her to not have communicated that to him because that doesn't always go over well when we set those boundaries, but that she just knew that's what she would do if it would occur. And even another level of that is you may communicate your boundaries and other people may think that they're unnecessary or ridiculous or excessive or whatever. And that's all completely okay for them to think that. That's one thing that I reassure myself of and help my clients understand is that other people don't need to agree with our boundaries for them to be valid. We just have to like our reasons and we have to check in with ourselves on, on some of these other tips that I've given you to make sure you're setting them in a healthy way and from a place of love. And if you, if all those components are in place, then you can feel great about your boundary and have a lot of confidence in it and a lot of confidence on enforcing it. Even if other people, especially the people involved in the boundary, think that they are whatever they think, you know, over the top or or unnecessary. And you don't need to stop them from thinking those things. They can misunderstand you. They can think anything they want about you. And it's all totally okay because you know why you're setting the boundary and you know that you like your reasons and that you're willing to enforce it and that it will actually be good for your relationship if they decide and actually can potentially be good for your relationship, even if the person is believing that it will be hard on your relationship for you to have that boundary. So one thing that's really powerful about understanding what requests are, 
and boundaries and when they're important is that we realize that there are very few situations that require boundaries. They mostly just require requests. This is powerful because whenever we feel negative emotions, hurt or anger or frustration, and we don't like how that feels, our lower brain quickly offers us like they need to stop doing that. And then we we get that red flag of like, oh, I need to set a boundary here. There's been a boundary violation. And I want you to set a boundary violation whenever you think it's appropriate or not set a boundary violation. I want you to set a boundary whenever you think it's appropriate. But I want you to also just take a look at how often you can just be willing to feel angry or willing to feel frustrated and really take a look at the reason you're feeling frustrated is because you're thinking he shouldn't say that or he shouldn't do that. Not because of what he did, truly. And when we're owning all those feelings and that we're creating them for ourselves with our thoughts, again, back on the episode of emotional adulthood versus emotional childhood, we honestly will feel angry and frustrated less. And when we do feel it, and it's totally okay that we do, we just own that we're creating it for ourselves and that that's okay too. And when we take all of that responsibility and ownership back over the situation, we realize, yeah, there are places where I do draw the line, but my lower brain offers me a lot of like unnecessary places for me to draw that line. I don't have to set a boundary here because he's not hurting me. I'm hurting me with my thoughts in this situation, particularly, like I said at the beginning, when you're able to look at the behavior and realize it's it's not hurting you, it's just annoying. Now, there are behaviors that do cross a line. And again, you know where that line is. So I'm never saying let somebody abuse you or go too far or or be or just stick around even if they have awful behavior. I'm just saying that you give yourself a gift of of when possible, not making things mean things that they don't mean so you don't create that extra hurt for yourself. And also when necessary, setting very healthy and appropriate and enforceable boundaries. And so I think where we get a little lost is in the opposite of that is when we're setting boundaries that either are unnecessary or they're very hard to enforce or the success of the boundary is based on them stopping the behavior. And when we're taking things that people are doing and making them mean all kinds of things about us, so we're feeling very hurt by their behavior, and then we're thinking, this needs a boundary, this needs a boundary, this needs a boundary. So that is your mission for this episode. I want you to examine your current relationships and just check in on the health of them, check in on what you're making things mean. If, if you're right on and you like your reasons, or if you're causing yourself extra pain with some of the thoughts that you're deciding to think about what these people are doing. And I also want you to take a look at boundaries that you either you currently have or that you've set in the past or even just boundaries you've attempted to set or desired to set and see if they were for the right reasons. If you like the reasons now that you have a better understanding of why we need boundaries and how to set them in a proper way. And if if you attempted to set one and it was unsuccessful, see if you can figure out why. Just look at it from this very um, analytical, curious way of like evaluating and wanting to learn from it. Because every time we do something that's unsuccessful, we can either be in pain about it or we can learn from it. And we can say, I see now that I did it this way and that's why I was unsuccessful. And so next time, here's what I'm going to try. So all of that can be really helpful for you to just gain that awareness around this concept and make future attempts at requests and boundaries and having and not having manuals for people and owning your your feelings and what you're creating for yourself and see if these subtle changes in the way you think and feel about the people in your life and the way that they need to behave or not behave and the requests that you make of them and the boundaries that you set or don't set and see if you come up with that difference of having healthier deeper 
uh, more intimate relationships because you are cleaning up the way you are thinking about all of these things. Okay, we are going to end with um, just a quick hot mess moment. I wanted to share a funny story with you guys. Um, When I was pregnant with my daughter, Grace, so this was in 2016, I was about a week away from my due date. So I was 39 weeks pregnant and we went to my niece's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. And kids love this place. I don't so much love this place, but I was happy to be there, happy to support my niece. She was excited and my kids were having a blast. We were eating kind of junky pizza and I was feeling very pregnant. But I decided to rally and get up and play games with my kids and just make the most of it. My husband wasn't there. He had to be at work. And um, so I was at the ski ball like table, I guess you call it, where you roll the ball up this slope and then it goes into one of the holes and then you get the points. And I had, you know, I put my tokens in and I got my like eight balls to roll up the the slope and I'd rolled a couple and I bent down to roll a ball and I I rolled it and as I stood back up, I just felt this little blip and my water broke, you guys. But what's really interesting about being pregnant is there's kind of a lot of nonsense going on down there and so I was pretty sure my water broke. This it's not as at least for me, it's not as dramatic as when you see it like in the movies or whatever. I've had my water break three of my seven pregnancies and like my water break on its own before I was in the hospital. And it's never very dramatic. You just sort of kind of feel like you're peeing your pants and you can't stop it. That's how, that's been my experience. I'd love to hear from you guys if you have those big dramatic experiences where like in the movies, they must not be wearing underwear because there's just this like big splash of water on the ground. Now, obviously it's, it's very fun and dramatic in a movie, but anyway, so I just feel this tiny little, you know, blip and it feels like I'm sort of peeing my pants and I was like, I think my water just broke and I was so excited because that means time to go have a baby. Like once your water breaks, they don't let you stay pregnant very long after that. And I was so excited, so ready to be done being pregnant, so ready to meet my little sweetie. And so I stood there for a minute and all the commotion still going on around me. And I think I even had like my son there being like, come on, mom, you've got some more balls. And I didn't want to move because every time I moved, you kind of get this little whoosh of fluid. And I was, I was like, I had to move, obviously. So I started to move and and could really tell, yeah, definitely my water has broken. So my sweet mother-in-law gave me like her sweater to tie around my waist. And I went in the bathroom and kind of checked things out. And yep, definitely this was not just me (laughs) peeing my pants. And so my in-laws were the ones that were going to keep my kids while I was in the hospital. So it was so great. They were already there with them. And so I just left my kids with my in-laws and met my husband at the hospital. And my contractions started pretty quickly. And my daughter was born in the wee hours of the morning about uh, maybe eight hours later I would say and so another fun part of that is that my daughter and my niece now share a birthday because we were having her birthday party like the day before her birthday was like Saturday and then her birthday was Sunday and my daughter was born on that Sunday so they now share a birthday and we love to joke about how remember when your water broke at Chuck E. Cheese and just what a classy moment that was because you're already kind of like feeling a little grimy being there, you know, like the ball pit and everything. So many little kids and so many little fingers. And here I am, like my water's breaking. So I just feel like there should be so many fewer bodily fluids at Chuck E. Cheese. There I was adding to all of it. But anyway, again, no big rush of fluid. It was all pretty well contained. And then I got to go have my beautiful, sweet baby girl. So all in all, just keeping it classy as always with my hot mess moments. And that is what I have for you guys today. So thank you so much for making time 
time in your day to listen to this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends. I also love when you subscribe, rate, and review it. If this podcast resonates with you and you are interested in learning more, please send an email to jesse at simplyresilient.net to schedule your free life coaching mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.